I want to share a quick message with you this morning um, that God has really been stirring in my heart. You know, over the past several months, he's just been stirring in my heart something that just says, sometimes you get so busy doing things, doing other things, sometimes you have to get back to the basics. The basics of our faith, the basics of our walk with Jesus, the basics of what it means to be a believer. You know, it doesn't matter how much you learn, how much you study the Bible, you really don't get very far from the cross of Jesus Christ. The cross is where it all comes down to. We're only, we're only saved because of Jesus going to the cross. And then there's that cross that we face every day. Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me. It's that place where, we, where my will and his will cross one another and I have to decide, am I going to take his will or am I going to do my will? And so he's been calling me back to basics and putting in my heart a, a call to deeper discipleship. You know, it's one of the things that I have to ask myself regularly you know when you get up and preach every week are we really accomplishing all the things that we need to accomplish are we really making disciples are you growing more in your faith every week or the, we're called in in Ephesians 4 to as as leadership to see the body become equipped for you to do the work of the ministry we're not just the ones doing that we are equipping you to do the work of the ministry and are you growing in that place where you feel equipped and ready that you feel stronger in your faith uh, than when you first uh, came here and so that back to basics discipleship is really what he's been uh, putting on on my heart um, last week I actually it was it was two weeks ago I was looking for a um, uh, a DVD that wasn't in its case I still never found it but but I knew that, that in our spare room there was a there was a drawer with some old movies in it and we I found, we still have some VHS's in there I don't know what in the world I'm going to play them on but um, so I was looking through these and, and I ran across this old uh, Christian album uh, if you've been around a while anybody still remember the second chapter of Acts Okay, all us old-timers remember that. So that was, it was 70s, it was cutting-edge, 70s, uh, contemporary Christian music. A lot of scriptures, I mean, and it was, it was like, you know, rock and roll, but with, with, a, with that Jesus edge to it, which I loved because I loved rock and roll. And uh, so, so if you got rock and roll and they're singing about Jesus, that was really amazing. But I popped that in my that CD in, in my um, in my car, and I began listening to that and began bringing back memories, bringing back memories, and and it took me back in time to a place where I mean Dawn and I were I mean I'd been a, I'd been a believer since I was a kid I mean I was raised in church but it took us back to a, took me back to a place in time when Dawn and I were young in our faith. We were on fire for Jesus. I mean, nothing else mattered in our life except Jesus. What did Jesus want? What did Jesus want us to do? And I mean, we were so, so radical uh, in, our, in our faith that there was a point in time, and I've shared this at times over the years, but there was a time that we went in our house and we cleaned out everything. We took all of our old rock and roll records. We smashed them. We, we, I mean, we took all of our 
old drug paraphernalia and we threw it away. We burned stuff. We broke stuff. And we said, you know, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. As for me and my house. Sorry. (laughs) This stuff just gets emotional to me. But in that place, I was just, again, I was just kind of transported back in that time of first love first love you know Jesus in the book of revelations he spoke to the book of of to the church of Ephesus and the book of Ephesus the letter to Ephesus is one of my favorite ones he's writing to them and stirring them up and the church at Ephesus had been a powerful church a large church. I mean, a lot of the early apostles, you know, uh, lived in that town and went to that church, and it was a great church. But some years later, Jesus wrote to them, and he and he made a he in his in the book of Revelations, he made this comment. But I have this against you: you've left your first love. He says, "Repent and do the first works." It's a simple thing. You know, over the years, I mean, I've been walking with Jesus for a long time and you grow in your faith and, and with, with age comes wisdom, with age comes a lot of things, but sometimes over a period of time, you find that your life is filled with just stuff. You accumulate stuff, you get busy with stuff, stuff wears you down. Uh, the stuff of life just kind of gets old and I'm not saying in any of this that, you know, I ever stopped loving Jesus. But he just called me in that place. Do you remember the zeal? Do you remember the passion? Do you remember when nothing else mattered but Jesus? And he gave me, he gave me this word, and, and it's this, that being a disciple, it's not about how much you serve and how much you do and how much you're involved in the church. Being a disciple is about falling in love with Jesus so much that it changes all my priorities I'm going to say that again because that being a disciple is about falling in love with Jesus so much that it changes all of my priorities and that's what Jesus did for us when when we were young in the Lord and then, and then we grew and we, we studied the word and we learned what the word was. We learned how to walk in faith. We learned how to, how to stand in faith for ourselves and our children and for, for our families and, and for our church and then got involved in the church and gave and served and you know, worked in children's ministry and, and Dawn ran the nursery and, and I mean, we just did all kinds of stuff and we grew in that place. But it all came down to the word of God. We, we believe that the word of God is what it said it was. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It divides even, even uh, marrow and joints and marrow, soul and spirit. And it's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of our heart. And so you've heard me over the years say, read your Bible. Read your Bible every, every day. Spend some time in the word of God. Read the word. And so I want to take just a couple minutes and I just want to say that again. <laughs> I want to say it again. You'll never, you'll never uh, I mean, I'm going to continue to say it because it is the key to walking with Jesus. You got you to know the word. You got to get it in your heart. And I'm going to give you just a couple of reasons. You see, 
Reading the word is not just a duty to do every morning. And I think of Rick telling us, read your Bible through. You know, reading a, reading a devotional is awesome. Read a devotional is good. That's what I do a lot of times because I've, I've read through the Bible and I've studied the Bible. Um, but if you haven't done that, you need to read all the way through it so that you have an idea of what the whole thing means. Because I don't know if you've discovered this yet or not, but you can take one little thing out of it and make it say what you want it to say. It's not, that's not important. What's important is that you understand the counsel of God that's written in his book from beginning to end, that you have an, a balanced understanding of that. You see, reading your Bible in the morning, reading your Bible every day at some point, it's not just a duty. It's a lifeline to the Spirit. It's a lifeline to the Lord. It's my connection to him in the Spirit. I can pray, I can listen, I can worship. All those things are great. But it, it, when it comes down to it, it all comes back to what does the word of God say? So let's look at, at a couple things real quick. I want to look in Psalms 19. I love this psalm. 19 verse 7. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. You ever have times you need your soul revived? The, the word of God will, will revive your soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure making wise the simple you ever need wisdom because you're just really simple <laughs> the word of God will give you wisdom the precepts of the Lord are right they are right rejoicing the heart I'm telling you if you need joy if you've lost your joy get in the word of God the commandment of the Lord is pure enlightening the eyes his word will, will enlighten you it'll give you vision and direction the fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. God knows we need something that'll last forever. His, his word lasts forever. The, in another place it says, the grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of our God stands forever. The word of our God doesn't change. You know, opinions, they change. There's no, there's no shortage of opinions in this world, but they change. I have to admit over the years, my opinions have changed. But the word of God doesn't change. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the drippings of the honeycomb. I mean, we need to desire the words of the Lord. Moreover, by them is your servant warned, and in keeping them there is great reward. In the word of God, there's warning, there's correction. It keeps us on the right path. It keeps us going in the right direction. And when we follow it, there is great reward. That's what the Bible says. So I'm gonna give you just a couple things. The Bible, the word of God, teaches us how to live. You know, before I, well, again, I was, I was brought up in the church, so I had a foundation of God's love. I had a foundation of his laws. I had a foundation of his rules. And even after I drifted away for a while, I had that foundation. I knew what was right and wrong. But the, uh, the Bible teaches you how to live your life. The Bible has a lot to say about all kinds of subjects. I mean, it, it teaches about marriage, about money, about life, about death, about sex, about relationships, about justice, benevolence, about business. It, I mean, the, the Bible has precepts about everything that, that, that 
um, is in this life. And it'll, and it'll guide you the right way. Um, his word reveals his blessings to us. His word reveals the rights and privileges that we have as believers in Jesus Christ. It teaches us to walk in that place of authority and priesthood as we looked at last week. I want to read from Joshua 1.8. And the Lord is speaking to Joshua and he says this words. He says, the book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. But you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. You want to be prosperous and successful in this life? Read the word, put it in your mouth, think about it day and night, and do what it says. That's pretty simple. That's pretty simple. The Bible is so simple but yet it's so deep and so profound. I mean, I've been reading it for years and every time I read it, it reads me back. Every time I read it, it I, I gain more insight, especially if you read it for the right reasons and not just, to, not just to know more, but to let it read you and let it teach you how to live because it will do that for you. It'll teach you all the things that you need to know in this life. The word of God teaches us right from wrong. You want to know what's right? You want to know what's wrong? Those opinions change all the time. We live in a society today that, that is spoken of prophetically. You, that you'll live in a day where they call good evil and evil good. And we are in that day. The things that the Bible clearly says are evil, people are saying, ah, it's not so bad. It's good. And the things that are clearly good they said, no, you got you to gotta avoid that. How do we know? We go to what the word of God says. Because again, opinions change, cultures shift, and, and things change. But the word of God does not change. It's always the same. It is our standard. David writes in the Psalms, he said, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. I mean, if you want to know what's right and wrong, if you want to walk in the right way, hide his word in your heart. He says, how can a young man cleanse his ways? By taking heed to the word of God. Everybody has opinions, but I'm going to tell you something. Only God's opinion really matters. My opinion doesn't matter unless it's based on the word of God. But God's opinion matters. And he stated clearly what those things are. So it, so he teaches us how to live. It teaches us right from wrong. The word of God reveals to us God's very nature. That he is holy and that he's merciful. That he is loving and that he is just. And he is both of those things. He is all of those things rolled up into one. He loves you so much. But he is also a holy and just and righteous God. And what he says is right is right. And what he says is wrong is wrong and so we I want to base my life on something that is eternal that is solid that will never change that's not going to be subject to the latest opinion polls you see it teaches us more than just knowing about God it teaches us to know God himself he made a way for us to know him he, it's not just that he comes that, that like Moses coming down from the mountain with with the ten commandments and says, these are the things you ought to do. 
and we, you know, we say, yeah, those are good ideas. I can't really do those very well. Anybody have a hard time keeping the Ten Commandments? How about that loving the Lord God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind, and all your strength? As I've said many times, I love me with all my heart and soul and mind and strength. But you see, the Word of God challenges that. The Word of God and the Spirit of God challenges that in me every day. Howard, do you want your will or do you want my will? Do you want, do you want to do it your way or do you want to do it my way? And I'll say, God, I want to do it your way. And then sometimes he says, you sure you want to do it my way? Because it doesn't look like you're actually doing it my way. Do you ever do that, do you? Lord, I just want to do what you say to do, but I'm going to, I'm going to just keep doing this. He shows us his nature. He shows us how much he loves us. God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. He, yes, he's holy. Yes, he's just. He is so holy and so just, but yet he's also so merciful that when we were deserving judgment, he sent his own son and put the judgment that I deserved on Jesus so that I could be forgiven, so that I could walk in a place of belonging to the Lord. His word builds our faith. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Do you need more faith? There's one way to get it. Read the word of God. Put it in your heart. Put it in your soul. Memorize it. You see, today as I say these words, I don't want to just tell you to read the word. I want to inspire you to read the word. I want his, I want his spirit to make you so hungry for his word. Not just because, oh yeah, if I do these things, my way will be prosperous and I'll be successful. No, because when his word gets in my heart and in my life, I'm aligned with him and I'm doing, thing his, doing things his way. And that is where the blessings come. I'm not talking about material blessings and all those things. It's the blessing of knowing that I'm, I'm connected with God. I'm hearing his voice. I'm listening to what he has to say and I'm doing it. And when I get off the path, he draws me back in. I'm so grateful for his spirit that doesn't allow me to stay out of his will for very long. I mean, he'll, he'll check me on the smallest of things anymore. The, uh, you know, just a bad attitude or the way I spoke to somebody. All of a sudden, my heart is just going, Howard, that wasn't right. You shouldn't have done that. You shouldn't have said that. Just even the smallest of things, he checks me on. His word, again, when, when Don and I started this, this process years ago, we, we dug into the word. We went through the first principle teachings here at Beaches Chapel. We studied it. I, I went home and I broke it down and studied it. You know, um, I want to sh show you uh, just a, a quick, it's a one minute video. Many of, it's, it's been circulating the internet for years. It's, it's really, it's powerful, but it, it's, it checks our hearts at the same time. Um, you've, you've probably seen it, but if you haven't seen it, I believe it'll be very moving to you. Give me Jesus. Give me Jesus. 
like honeycomb that is like honey to our lips that it's everything isn't that kind of convicting we walk around I got I got 15 translations of the Bible right here I have every commentary that used to be on my bookshelf Tina and I were talking the other day that that when we first started uh, making sermons, I had two notepads. I had three three Bibles open. I had my Strong's Concordance open, my Knave's Topical Bible open. My whole desk was covered with books and I was flipping back and forth and researching and went, look at the Greek, look what that that word means. And it would just fire me up inside. and, and, And do you know that there is more access to the word of God than ever before in history and Bible reading is at its lowest level and it's so available these people they didn't even have it that was their first Bible you know I've heard the stories of Chinese Christians that that they would take one Bible and they would they would take one page they would split it up and everybody would get that one page and they would, they would guard it like treasure. They would memorize it and study it and hold on to it because they couldn't get it. You know what? I want to love the word like that. And I do. But I mean, I want it to be my lifeline. And it is. The word of God is like great treasure read just a couple more scriptures to you and we'll finish up we need to read it we need to study it we need to memorize it we need to apply it we need to meditate on it speak it pray it teach it love it we need to live it when I was a boy one of the first Bibles that I got my dad gave it to me he wrote these words inside of it This Bible is my gift to you, but more important, it's God's word to you. It will encourage you when you're down, comfort you when you're sad, guide you when you're confused, and strengthen you when you're weak. Read it thoroughly. Study it diligently. Believe it wholeheartedly. Live it unashamedly. Those are rich words two scriptures for you I want to finish up with this James won't you come on back up Deuteronomy 6 6 through 9 
And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. And you shall teach them diligently to your children. And shall talk of them when you sit in your house. And when you walk by the way. And when you lie down. And when you rise up. And you shall bind them as a sign on your hand. And they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. And you shall write them on the doorposts of your house. And on your gates. And then this one is not in your, in your notes, but I'm going to read it to you. 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is breathed out by God. And it's profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. That the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Do you want your life blessed? Do you want to be equipped? Do you want to know what God has to say about your life? Do you want to know who he is? Study the word of God. Give yourself to it. Make sure you read something in it every day and open up your heart and ask God, God, give me a hunger and a desire for your word. Lord, and, and think about those Chinese Christians. Lord, that I would hunger and thirst after righteousness, that I would hunger and thirst after your word, that I would search your word like, like for treasure, for great spoil, because that's what it is. Because it's the word of God that, that makes disciples. As the spirit of God takes his word and makes it alive in our hearts. That's what makes disciples. That's what makes disciples that stick. That's what makes, uh, makes it so that you're able to bear fruit in your life. When you see that this word is powerful. I want you to stand up. I want to pray for all of us today. Because as much as we love the word, we can love it more. And then I want to have uh, our pastors and elders come to the front. If you need prayer for anything in your life, if you've never met Jesus, you don't know for sure that you're going to go to heaven when this life is over, come and let us pray for you. If you've kind of walked, wandered away from Jesus and you've just been kind of doing your own thing and you feel convicted that I need to, I need to make a fresh commitment, come and let us pray for you. You have issues going on in your life. You're, you're dealing with sickness or a bad, bad report from the doctor. That's what we do when, when we have our elders and our pastors up front. We pray for you. We pray the word of God over your life. Let me pray for us. Jesus, today I ask you for myself. I ask you for us. Help us to fall more in love with your word. Because it's your word that gives us instruction. It's your word that teaches us what to do. It's your word that shows us what's right and what's wrong. It's your word that corrects us when, when we blow it. It's your word that brings blessing. It's your word that stirs faith. It's your word that, that transforms our life. God, give us a greater hunger for the word of God. That we would not neglect it. That we would be diligent in it to study it and to do it to love it and to live it thank you father in jesus name amen if you need prayer in any for any area of your life come and let us pray for you pastors and elders y'all come